0: Well, the world has still gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even
1: downright buddy, buddy, buddy. We shall missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still buddy cast No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy
0: Cats. And gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's another Friday edition of Everybody's Favorite Show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us on this rainy, eerie day. If it's uh, if you're living in Erie, Pennsylvania, it's kind of storming out now. But you know what? It's not storming here on BuddyCast. At least I hope it's not, you know. <laughs> oh, there it is! There we go. Did up. you hear that? Did
1: you? I was waiting to hear if you could hear that.
0: Yeah, I'm here with my buddy Lewis, Lewis the Taylor. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, no complaints. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a great time here on Buddy Cast. So, you know. Now, as I mentioned, Lewis, you're a tailor. What what inspired you to pursue that type of career. Um,
1: so there's a pretty weird kind of story that goes along with it, but pretty much the way I tell people is I really liked clothing, um men's menswear in general. Um, even since I was little, I never really liked to dress up when I was younger, but I always cared about what I looked like, what kind of outfits I was wearing, how I was presenting myself to other people. Um, It wasn't until I hit 16 when I really understood the meaning of clothing and how it can really portray a message about what you want to say to others. Um, And then from there, it was just kind of like trying to find a way to get into the menswear industry, the fashion industry. But I didn't want to go to college for four years. I didn't want to spend all that money. And I didn't really want to have to compete in an industry that was super competitive and hard to get into. So I was just kind of keeping my ears out, seeing if anything would pop up. Um, until eventually one day I thought, you know what, it would be really cool to learn how to do tailoring just because it's a really cool ancient art that not many people are learning anymore. Um, and from there I kind of pursued a few different avenues. My um, now mother-in-law knew somebody who knew somebody who was looking to train a tailor up here in Erie. Uh, it was probably about seven, eight years ago. Um, and from there I quit my job at, in the home improvement world, moved up here and just started learning how to tailor and have loved it ever since
0: beautiful. You mentioned someone was looking to train a tailor. Can you tell us what that training process was like?
1: Yeah. So for alterations and tailoring in general, it can be very different um, based off of each person, because usually the way you're going to learn how to do that nowadays is through an apprenticeship. Um, So really it is dictated by the person teaching you on what that looks like. And through the one, through the two individuals who I learned from the most It was mostly just kind of like a job, you could say. I would come in, they would teach me one or two new skills, and then they would just have me keep doing those skills over and over and over and over again on customers' product until I honed those in and then they moved me on to something else. Um, That's the most common way of the apprenticeship and how it went through is just pretty much like getting an entry-level job somewhere um, and working your way up but as i've learned through the internet and learned through other people who have taught me some things in tailoring everybody has their own technique in doing it beautiful
0: and you're right everyone has their, te- their technique no matter what career they have you know mm-hmm. everyone But that's what makes the business a business that's what makes Absolutely. you from the rest that's what you know no one wants to go to the same person if they're just going to get the same material you know like if they're exactly if i'm just gonna like if i can get it's something that you do just at the door, you know, the person next door, what's the difference, but it's, I'm going to you, I'm going to Lewis Taylor. I'm going to Primo Taylor because I know these are the people I like the way that they get it done.
1: Well, and it's the same. Yeah. For what you're doing here. If you did a podcast um, or a show, just like any other show, what would make people want to listen to buddy cast? Well, it's the fact that you are the person hosting it and people want to hear you hear the questions you have to say. Um, And if you were just copy and paste like everybody else, then you wouldn't have much
0: of a following. Bingo. Yeah, exactly right. So speaking of Primo tailoring, how did you find that opportunity? So
1: Primo tailoring was kind of a whirlwind of things. Um, mostly it was born out of uh, the pandemic that we hit in 2020. Mm-hmm. I was doing some side work on my own, doing some tailoring for people out of my house, and I had Had the opportunity and I received a grant for my small business to kind of get it started. So I incorporated everything just because I was like, hey, I got some extra funds in the business. Let's do it right. Um, And then after the pandemic hit early 2020, we started doing a lot of things in terms of making masks and sewing things for people during the pandemic. And that really skyrocketed our business. At that time, I was working very limited hours at my old job where I was learning how to sew. Um, and so it really allowed me to kind of take a look and be like, oh, I could take a business and I could run, I could run a business on my own. It wouldn't be crazy hard. And then after the pandemic, um, some things happened with where I used to work that I had to pull away and do my own work on the side. Um, and then from there, we just kind of jumped in both feet into Primo and tried to see how far we could go with it. And
0: that brings us to where we are today. Beautiful. I love you and me. Our stories are so similar because BuddyCast was born out of the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. it was being where I work. You know, you see all this negativity in the background. Like you see all this, like you know, you post the COVID status for the day, and 20, you know, and ten people tell you to go do unbuddy like things. You know, like just all this stuff. So um, yeah, I'm like, this world just needs a feel good story. Just some. Hey, why do you do what you do? Like what inspires you every morning to wake mm. up and be a tailor? What, what, what inspires you to keep going? Even when the world's just, as our theme song says, it's just going cruddy right now. Like yeah, all this stuff. And the world needs more buddies. That's what they need. And then that's absolutely. When... So I love that. Now, how did, how did you come about with the EDDC, the Erie Downtown Development Corporation?
1: So we, I was in talks with them pretty early on with just their development stuff, just kind of hearing what they were doing. Um, and when they kind of caught wind of kind of my vision for a clothing store and an old school tailor shop to kind of bring back a more heritage feel to Erie, um, they really liked the idea and the concept for it. So they actually approached me and asked if I would be interested in taking this idea and really bringing it to where... Uh, we have so far. And so it was through just some early talks with them that we really got connected and they heard the vision. They liked it,
0: and we ran with it. Beautiful. And what's it like what's uh, what's the Erie community been like to you? Like how much does it does being in Erie, Pennsylvania mean to you personally?
1: I've had quite a bit of uh, of uh, an experience being here in Erie because originally being from Pittsburgh, um, which is a much bigger city, It's a bit of a culture shock coming to Erie. Like it's not a small town, like the middle of nowhere, but it's also not a big city. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of adjustments. Like everybody knows everybody. Like if you know the right people in Erie, you have a great time. If you make a couple of the wrong people mad, you have a bad time. Um, But in general, as the community of Erie, I really fell in love with it um, when I started doing my own podcast, which was a couple of years ago. I haven't done an episode in a while now. Um, but the idea of my podcast was to go around and just talk to people who are trying to make Erie a better place. And through that process, it really opened my eyes to the potential of Erie, um, and talking to individuals who really had a high hope for what the city holds, um, kind of instilled that same kind of hope in me. So the Erie community, I love it. I love being here. Um, everyone always asks, why would you move here, um, from Pittsburgh? Like what, like what was going through your head? And for the earliest time, I was like, I I have no clue. I don't know why I moved here, but now I do know. um, And I love, I love the environment. I love the culture here. And I love where Erie can go into the future rather than um, necessarily the Erie of the past.
0: And that, and you're absolutely right. Erie is a futuristic city. It's a very, let's keep moving forward. It's not, well, we're going to pride ourselves on just the fact that like, Oh, we have the, uh, you know, like we have history. It's like, all of has a Perry or, The Niagara, or you know, yeah, we hold on to those facts, absolutely. But at the same time, we're doing just like what the EDDC is doing. We're moving forward, like, okay, what can we add next to this city? Oh, I think this city was due for, uh, you know, a nice gym, like a nice, like, gym that not only people can just go to, but like, not just like weightlifting and you know, treadmills, but like fun activities like rock wall climbing or you know, like, like things like that, you know? Absolutely.
1: Are you from Erie um, originally? Yes. or yep. Okay. Born so, and
0: raised... yes. Yeah. Born and raised in Erie. I think I've, the longest I've been away from Erie is um, two years of college in Greenville and then a year in Syracuse where I traveled around the nation for a ministry.
1: Oh, way cool. So what, um, if I can ask you a question, what's yeah, like, have- what do you love about Erie? What do you, what's the community mean to you?
0: the community to me means everything. You're right. Everyone knows everyone. And if you don't, you're quick to meet them. Mm -hmm. You know Um, it's, yeah, we do it like every community has its pros and cons, you know, like it has, you know, you, you know, like there's definitely some things like, Oh, if I was able to run premier or something, I would, you know, that would be on my checklist or something like that. But at the same time, it's just a great place. Like you said, it's always developing. Like if you were to go back 10 years ago and say one day, Downtown Erie is going to have a tailor shop. It's going to have a food hall with all these different restaurants in it. It's going to have like, just, just name what's going on downtown right now. A bunch of people would kind of turn their heads and look like you had two heads, like downtown Erie. The, like, they would have looked at you like, ah, uh, yeah. You must have the wrong Erie or something like that. <laughs> you know,
1: well, and that's, but, that's the crazy thing is so many people, they, their goal, uh, People that grew up in Erie, their goal was always, how quickly can I get out of the city? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's cool, especially people like yourself who have been born and raised here, to still want to stay here and stick it out, even though you grew up and you lived in the Erie that wasn't super cool and there wasn't much to do, Um, Mm -hmm. but to say that you're here now and to seeing it all kind of hopefully coming to where its potential is, is really cool. And I think we need a lot more people who were born and raised
0: here to see that same potential in the city. And I'll admit, even back in high school, I was one of those guys. Like, I was like, can't wait to leave. But you leave, like, you go, you know, I spent nine months traveling with a ministry where one day I'm in this beautiful missionary center that has all the necessities. The next day I'm sleeping on a bus at a truck stop on my way to, you know, Denver or something like that. And you realize, like, the impact of home home value. Like, I went to school for two years away because I wanted to get away. Like, I wanted to be. On my own, yeah. individual, you know, I came home after that ministry experience and said, "I'm never leaving this house again." Like, I got <laughs> everything I need right here. Like, I got a free, you know, a room. I got a room where I know who's my roommate—me, you know. I, uh, I got, you know, I got a bathroom right across the hall. I got, you know, unlimited food downstairs. Why would I want to leave? And just even going to college, I ended up going again mm. and afterwards, I- yeah. Just being in that downtown environment where it's not like, yeah, it's a small enough school where everything's kind of like right there, but it's big yeah. enough that like, yeah, at the same time, Hey, here's a good restaurant right down the road or something like that. Here's the, you know, it's not just like, well, we got this gas station, we got this thing and we got these two restaurants downtown, but that's really, you know? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. It has, it has some culture to it, which is really cool. But even to that yeah. point, being able to, to leave the city and gain some insights and to bring things back. I think that's, I think that's been one of the biggest driving forces is people who leave the city and then return pretty much telling everybody like, Hey guys, like this can work. Like this is what everybody's yes. doing. Um, and for the longest time, everyone would always tell me that Erie is 10 years behind, 10 years behind. Everything mm-hmm. Erie does is 10 years behind. And I'm like, well, that's a great opportunity. Cause that means you can look at every other city in the country and see what they did ten years ago. Start doing it in Erie, and you're doing the next big thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see people who, like, yeah, get that experience of going out, doing the ministry, like you you said you did, um, and getting those experiences, and then coming back to Erie, realizing what you love about it, and then mm-hmm. adding into your into your experience
0: that you've learned while you travel. Ig- exactly, you nailed it on the head. Yeah, yeah, Erie doesn't have like. Oh, um trying to think like Red Robin or something like that. But same time we got we've got what we got, you know? Like we got eerie products for crying out loud. You know, yeah. like go to go back home to Pittsburgh and say you want a pound of ox roast. What are people gonna <laughs> go? Like people are gonna go like, What did you just say? You know, like we've yeah. got our own,
1: a- own grocery list, yeah.
0: But then you go down to Gordon's and you say, Can I get a pound of ox roast? There you go. You know. So I want to ask you a quick follow-up question to one of your previous answers. You mentioned yourself, yes. you kind of started a podcast and could can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So the podcast, I actually have a couple podcasts that I had started Ooh. and done and helped with. So right now I am doing a podcast currently called the menswear mindset. It's in collaboration with my friend, Austin Robertson from Texas. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we break down all kinds of menswear topics. We talk about, what we like our personal style. We talk about how guys can achieve their personal style. And then just also just ranting and rambling like me and him usually do. Uh, But before that, I had another podcast called aspiring for more. There's a couple other episodes out there that you can find all over the place. And again, it was kind of, it wasn't, Totally a feel good kind of podcast, but in the same vein as what you're doing here. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight some of the cool things happening in Erie so that people know that the city wasn't as bad as they all thought it was. Um, And I had a really good time, met a lot of really cool people um, through that podcast. And there's a couple episodes on there that are some WAP doozies. So yeah,
0: definitely enjoyed that process. Yep. And that's the beauty of podcasting, you know, just finding joy, just finding what it's putting your passion into your own story, you know, telling your mm-hmm. own stories, even if it's doing what I do and just interviewing people, letting them tell their stories, but you're passionate about it. So, yeah. and that's why I you love You get to meet my, really cool people. Oh, absolutely. If you were to go back in time and tell me, I would have one day interviewed Sinbad, Stephen Tobolowski from Groundhog Day, John Mahon from the Elton John Band, even, even people, local people like you, you know, like to hear the stories. I would have wondered, Like I would have, I probably wouldn't have believed you, you know?
1: And how long you said just a little while ago, were you celebrating one year or two years of the podcast? Two years. Two years. years? So it's crazy to see, like, I'm sure um, if we looked up old episodes, like seeing the progress of where you started from to where you are now. Um, I think that's one. Go
0: ahead. This started as just an idea. Like I just had this idea on my brain. I went to my now fiance about it and, said, what do you think about this? Like, I'm thinking, here's the, here's the idea. Here's the platform. Here's the concept. What are your thoughts? And I was expecting this whole like debate, like this whole, like, are you sure you want to do this? You want to put yourself out in the public? You want to just, she said, not only do I love this idea, can I be your first guest? (laughs) And it it bloomed from there. Everyone loves the concept. Everyone loves the idea. You know, no one's you know, I've gotten, don't go wrong, I've gotten rejection before, like, hey, I don't think this is right for me, or, you know, you reach mm-hmm. for the stars, you reach out for a celebrity, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, and you quickly get put in your place, like, he's here, you're here, where do you think this is going to happen, <laughs> you know?
1: Well, the, so, the cool thing is, is you're riding, so it's like, eventually, you'll get there, and you'll be yeah. able to pull in all kinds of people, but I'm sure, yeah, like, looking exactly. back where you started, where you are now, I'm sure you've got some pretty cool visions for what the next steps are going
0: to be. Oh, and they develop every single time. All it takes is, you know what? I want to talk to this guy about what he does, like, or going out into the public and hearing like someone speak and going, I'd love to hear more about his story or meeting someone like you and me, Matt. You know, and just being like, I want to hear more from you rather than just that three minutes we did at the at the flagship city food hall. I want to learn yeah. more. I want to get more in depth in this guy. Like, I want to get more into his story. What can I do? You know, so bringing well, him back. And I, that's
1: what I loved about the podcast I was doing, was because everything I did, I tried to keep it extremely local. Um, I didn't want to, I intentionally didn't want to reach out to people with big followings. And mainly it was because you get a lot of the best conversations when you're talking to people who aren't well known, because all of their questions have been answered. They've already been interviewed on multiple different streaming channels and accounts and all this stuff. Whereas it's the local people that, You only really get to talk to when you're out to dinner or you're doing business deals with. And it's like they have so much wisdom and so many cool insights and stories that normally people wouldn't hear unless they're put on a platform like this for people to kind of really engage with. So I think personally with me talking to people who aren't so well known yet um, is kind of where I like to be. And I think um, you get some of the best content that way. Absolutely. And
0: it, you're right. It's all about telling the story. It's all about hearing Taylor by day. What else do you do on the side? Which leads me to my next question. What are some of your hobbies besides being a tailor?
1: Hobbies have been rough recently because there's a lot of things I like to do. Um, but with how quick everything has been progressing, I've had to put a lot of stuff on the back burner just to do what we're doing now. Uh, but a couple of things that I still kind of keep in tune with because it has to do with the business is I love photography. I like videography. I like making content, um, shooting things like that. Um, Really enjoy music. I used to play more instruments than I can now, um, regrettably to say, Uh, but any kind of outdoor activities, hiking, biking, all that stuff, basketball. I just love to be active. Um, Yeah. Those are a couple of things that I do now. Not as much as, like I said, as I would like to, Um, kind of going back to the construction side of things. I really like woodworking and things like that, but.
0: Nice. Nice. And another, um, follow-up question that I had earlier, you mentioned you had a podcast yourself about like talking about like, you know, um, what you do for a career, but like how the suits or how the wear can like make an impact. Yep. What are some of your favorite outfits? Like what are some of your favorite, um, you know, clothing lines that you like to support that you think really do make that impact?
1: Like clothing brands, as in like people that sell it or like particular outfits like that I've worn. Let's in go fact. with both.
0: Let's go with both. Okay.
1: So particular outfits, that's a hard one because it's changing like every day. I'll put an outfit yeah. together and I love it. And then the next day I'll be like, ah, but I kind of want to tweak this. Uh, but there's a couple good ones on my Instagram that I really like. The white trousers have been a really big one recently for me that I've been wearing. Um so those would, that would kind of be a little bit on the outfit side in terms of clothing there's a couple of guys that are in the industry as well that I really look up to um that I think are doing a really good sm- smashing job um one my buddy Austin from Texas he runs a shop called the man shop uh, he's like a he works there and he's like in the process of hopefully taking it over Um, so he does some amazing stuff. I've got a buddy, Robert, who's out in the Midwest, who's doing, well, two buddies, Ivan and Robert doing some crazy cool stuff in the Midwest. Um, but mostly in terms of like brands that I really resonate with are people who are interjecting their own personal style into the clothing that they make and they produce. Um, I'm trying my hardest to stay away from big fashion labels like H&M, Zara, Express, um those kind of things that are leading to more of a fast fashion, a very wasteful culture, um, trying to combat that with higher quality products than people are used to buying just so that we can stop and reduce the amount of waste that we're producing. So people that are also in those same kind of veins, um, I really like as well. There's a company we sell at the shop called Taylor stitch, and they have a lot of those same kind of mindsets of making things sustainably and ethically made. Um, so anybody who's doing that um, has a good check in my
0: book. Awesome. So it definitely sounds like you're someone who would rather go to someone like what you're doing right now, a personal tailor or a personal designer, rather than just a quick stop at like a big brand, like you said, H&M or like American Eagle, just when you're looking for something that you know is truly going to speak you.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's kind of like goes goes to like the example of like going to a gym. Like, yes, you can go and you can get a Planet Fitness membership and you can get in shape and you can work out, but it's not really as effective as if you go out and you find a personal trainer who's able to sit down with you, understand what you need and what your goals are so they can tailor make a plan that's going to be, beneficial to you, as well as being there to keep you accountable. So I see it the same way with clothing. If I have somebody who can sit down with me, understand what my color tones are, what kind of fabrics I would look best in, what style of clothing I should be wearing, as well as keeping me accountable to like, hey, this is how this should be done. This didn't look great. This needs to be done next time. um, will really help you go further than trying to just go to a box store and figure it out yourself. Unless you have some crazy cool like eye for fashion, um, which if that's the case, contact me. Cause I want to work with you.
0: <laughs> I wish. Hey, I got, I know a good uh, fashionista downstairs. She helps me pick out my outfits all day, you know? There you go. So, we all
1: need someone in our life that does that.
0: It, absolutely. Otherwise you would, I would walk downtown and you would probably, you would probably reach out the door and pull me into get in here. You know? <laughs> oh, so now Speaking of like coming downtown and, you know, busy, you know making a visit, let's say I come into you as, as someone with the former dwarfism, I come in and I, you know, I obviously need a lot of altercations. Like I really like that suit up there, but the sleeves are just way too long or that would, you know, that jacket looks really amazing. It's just really big on me. What, how can you explain your altercation process? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So in terms of the actual alterations that we're doing, um, it really requires us to start with a base model that's at least close to fitting Um, because there's some elements of clothing that just can't be fixed no matter how hard we try. It just just needs to be completely remade. Um, So when we're working with people and they have something that needs some slight adjustments here or there, Uh, It's pretty simple. You come in, we have you try the garments on, and then with our tailor and our teams, um, we're able to go through and really pull apart the the item and really make it fit like it was made custom-made. On the flip side, we also have a custom-made service, which is more of a benefit to people like yourself who have more of an extreme body shape than what big box stores say is the normal fit. Um, which is all a joke because nobody fits the normal fit. So I don't know why they call it that. Um, But what we do is then we custom make something that fits your body shape, size, everything so that you don't even have to think about, oh, is this going to need fitted? Are the pockets going to be too low? Is it going to look like I'm wearing somebody else's clothes? No, because everything has been custom made to your exact proportions um, that we
0: know it's going to come out great at the end. Beautiful. And I can always bring you like this. Like, let's say if this jacket was a little big or something like that, yeah. I can always bring that to you. And no exactly. Problem. So,
1: like the jacket you're wearing now, it looks like the shoulders are just about right. I'm assuming that if you stood up, the sleeves would be maybe a little long, but not crazy long. So, yeah, yeah. there's definitely, and yeah, they actually look like they fit pretty good. So, then maybe it's just like a little bit of fine tuning here and there. And that's definitely something we can do.
0: Yep. Well you know I've got a wedding suit waiting for you. So I know, we gotta get you in there. I don't know. I'll bring it down soon, I promise. But the other question I've got for you is what about if there's a buddy out there listening that really wouldn't need your service, but maybe just is on a tight budget right now, you know. Finances are just something. Do you ever have you ever worked with someone on that? Have you ever dealt with situations like that before?
1: Yeah. So our products by nature are a little bit more on the high end side. And most of that is because um, we never want to compromise on the quality that we're giving somebody. So if price is a problem and it has to do with buying one of our products, what we try and do is we just tell people, hey, save up as much as you can. And when you get to this point, come in and then we'll make something for you. For those people who are on a budget, but they need something quick, um, whether it's like for a job interview or a life change, and they're really needing something to be in the process sooner rather than saving up a couple paychecks and then being able to afford something a little bit nicer. That's where the alterations come in. And it's a beautiful process because you can go and you can find a deal online. You can go to another local place that sells cheaper clothes and you can buy something that's just a little bit off come to us. And for like maybe a hundred dollars in alterations, like on the high end, you're wearing something that feels like it was made for you, even though it was just bought off a rack somewhere. Um, So we do handle a lot of people who can't necessarily afford our suits right now, um, but we do our absolute best to take what they already have or some budget friendly stuff that they can find from other stores and make it to their liking.
0: Beautiful. That works perfectly, especially with someone in student loans right now, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah, uh, that's that's a big problem that a lot of people need to be able to find affordable ways to. Reinvent themselves so that they can ultimately earn more, gain more, succeed in different areas. Um, and sometimes, yeah, even for myself, it had to start on a budget. And then you get to a place where you're like, you know what? I've done so much self um, self work to get myself to where I need to be that I don't need to be on a budget anymore. So that's a beautiful thing to help people walk through.
0: And, and you're absolutely right. It's all about first impressions too. Like it's all about like, hey, I need something. Now, you know, I'm, I'm on a budget, but I just need something now to get that first impression because it's all mm-hmm. about the first impression when you walk through the door of that job interview, when you meet someone high end, you know, it's all about that first impression, how you dress. This is how, if you tell me this is what I'm wearing every single day, guess what? This is what I'm doing every single day. If you tell yeah. me, you know, that's the first impression you tell like, you know, I made the effort to dress this nice for this occasion, that shows you my dedication right there. You know, It
1: shows dedication and it also shows an honor to the person that you're going to. So whether it's a job interview, it shows that you're honoring the position that the person is putting forward because you decided to dress well. That's why we wear suits at funerals. That's why we wear suits at weddings. It's because you're showing honor to the person who the event is actually about. Um, And to that exact point, I think one of the biggest misconceptions with menswear and clothing in general is you need to have a lot of money to dress well. And that is just absolutely not the case. Because even for myself, you'll see some of my Instagram content where I take suits that I buy at a thrift store that aren't even close to fitting me. And for maybe $200 in alterations on like the extreme end of like something being way too big, I can make that thing look pretty dang good. And I go buy that suit for like a dollar at the Salvation Army. So if you can go and you can find something at a thrift shop for like three bucks that doesn't need a lot of alterations, you're buying a nice suit for less than a hundred dollars and you're going to look better than the guy who spent $3,000 on a suit that doesn't fit well.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing because how many times, you know, unless you do have like a lot of those things that you want, you like you said, like the weddings or the funerals, how many times are you going to wear that job? Unless this is a really high end job, how many times are you going to wear that suit and a job that just, you know, business casual, something like yeah. that. Like that's the dress code every day. Just don't come in jeans basically, or, <laughs> or jeans and a t-shirt, you know, like that's the dress code. Well, just don't show up in jeans and a shirt you know?
1: Well, like, and that's, that's what I love about being in the industry right now is that exact reason is everybody is super casual right now. Nobody really requires you to wear a suit for a job interview because you're never going to wear that suit in the job unless you decide to do it yourself, which is really the key there is deciding to do it yourself. Um, With everybody becoming so casual, it has opened a unique opportunity where you can use clothing as a language to set yourself above everybody else in the room, because you're choosing to go above and beyond, even sometimes your boss in most situations, because they're wearing a polo and like golf pants. So it's like really cool to see people who are like, hey, I want to build a suit, not because oh my boss makes me wear a gray suit to work or a blue suit to work. It's because I love the way that these clothing fit me and the way that it looks and the way that it ultimately makes me feel inside. um, That gives them a great opportunity to be like, oh, wow, this guy takes his job seriously. This guy actually cares about himself. So it really opens up a lot of opportunities, whether it's in the workplace, just normal relationships. Um, as well as just mentally being good for you.
0: Beautiful. And it's, you're right. A suit can make you feel good about yourself. Something like that can make you the way you dress today. Whenever you put on your favorite shirt, you know, whenever you put on your favorite outfit, it can change your mood, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, what I tell people is it's not even like, it's not even like a formula where it's like you need to wear a suit to feel good. It's just you need to start caring about what you're putting on your body. And it could be anything. If you're a painter and you want to wear a specific kind of art piece as a shirt, well, then that's what's going to make you feel your best. And you just need to be intentional about it. So that's what we're trying to do is make people really rethink the way that they get dressed. It doesn't have to be a suit for everybody. I understand that that's not everyone's lifestyle, but everybody does have a way that can be intentional that would make them look and feel their best. That's
0: amazing and you're absolutely right so where can our buddies listening go to learn more about about you and primo tailoring
1: so you can follow us on almost well, pretty much every social media platform you can either look up aspiring gent which is my own personal page where i do a lot of content or you can look up primo tailoring on facebook instagram TikTok, twitter linkedin all of those places um, naturally, we do have a website, so you can follow you can follow along there, uh, primotailoring.com. Uh, you can give us a call at our phone number, 814-823-2088. I believe that's the number. Yeah, that's the number. Um, and those are the best places to find
0: us. Brilliant. Now, buddy, I asked you this the last time we met, but it's a sponsored question, so I'm going to ask it again.
1: I My buddy Jonas
0: King at hashtag positivity wants to know, in your own words, was it mean to be someone's buddy?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of ways you could go with that because somebody's buddy is means many different things. Um, but I think to truly be somebody's buddy or somebody's friend, you need to be willing to hear somebody out and not immediately judge them for whatever it is that they're doing going through saying you really need to be able to love people through their differences be able to understand hey we may not be the same way um but there's no way there's no reason why we can't um treat each other civilly Um, and i think that's one of the biggest things is when people are able to treat each other with the respect that they would like to be treated, no matter what their walks of life or their thought processes or their belief systems are. Um, I think that's one of the biggest marks of a real good friend
0: or buddy. Hey, buddy loves no matter what. You're absolutely right. Love no matter what. I love that answer. So buddy, we've come to what's called the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? Go for it. For anyone who, wants to be a tailor one day or wants to go into like the fashion industry what is your advice to them i would
1: say learn how to tailor that's a huge one because it's an under it's an under marketed skill that's highly needed in the industry um two i would say find a way to get in contact with us and let us help you get into the fashion industry because primo wants to do some pretty big things here in the future that we could use as much help as possible Um, but lastly, I would say just make sure that it's definitely, definitely, definitely something that you want to do. Um, the fashion industry, whether it's on the retail side, like I'm in or on the design side, like a lot of other people are in, it's a very demanding and time consuming job. Um, and often it's not the most financially rewarding. So you don't always get into the industry to make a lot of money. You do it because you're passionate about it. I think, um, forget who quoted it but a lot of people they call um they call tailoring the devil's work because you don't really get a lot out of it um i wish i could remember the quote on who that was but it is kind of true to the fact that you don't like you put in a lot of hours and sometimes the only satisfaction you get out of it is seeing other people um really light up when they wear clothing so just make sure that it's something that you're definitely interested in getting into
0: love it if you've ever seen the uh, tv show cobra kai There's my favorite saying in that TV show is man who works for passion is far richer than man who works for money. And let me tell you, you're you're very rich in your industry because you are very passionate about what you do. I can tell from just talking to you today, this isn't just a nine to five job that you wake up. Well, it's paying the bills. So let's just get the show on the road. It's something. How can I help you today? What can I do for you? You want that to altered? You got it. You're looking for something that can make you, you. Let's find out what makes you, you. Come with me. You know,
1: absolutely I appreciate it. Thank you. And same to yeah. you with what you're doing here on Buddy Cast.
0: Thank you very, very much. you hey, welcome back on the show anytime. And you are now an official buddy. You're not a guest on the show. You're a buddy. You're Let's an official go. buddy. Yes. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Lewis the Taylor. Please, if you're in the Erie area or you're ever in Erie and you just you you want to feel better about yourself, you want a nice, feel-good suit, or you need some altercations. You know where to go. And Louis, before we end the show, I have one favor to ask you. Go for it. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, go be someone's buddy. You got it. All righty. We'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Thanks, Ryan. the days
1: are going fast. but buddy, buddy, we've got to make them laugh. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. but buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. But don't be learning to make everybody Here on Buddy Cast.